back to this, the second episode of Like Trees Walking. I am Michael J. Nelson. With me is... Dave Berge. We have an exciting show today. First of all, I'd just like to point out, boy, these microphones are sweet, aren't they, Dave? Oh, they're absolutely fantastic. And, and um, so uh, the exciting news is um, that we, you know, we put out the pilot... Uh, Network liked it, picked it up. They did. We picked up for a. <laughs> we got the back end uh, uh, twelve. So we're very excited, and so part of that is before we got pop guards for our microphones as kind of a you know that's in the budget now. Yeah, you should see that line item too. I think uh, the one that I am using, I believe, was uh, seven dollars. So. You know, this is no small potatoes here. No, we're this a is, real organization. This is absolutely high-budget operation, so we're excited to bring you the best in podcasting pop guard technology. <laughs> I, I hope it's working. I hope it's working. Uh, again, welcome. And let me tell you the exciting things we have in this episode. Uh, first of all, we, we are going to answer one of the biggest questions of the day. That is what we do here at Like Trees Walking. We take on the issues, all the big things, all the things that matter, right? Only things that matter and only things that are big, either in importance or size. Right. And uh, we will also be doing our super popular, I mean, I can't believe how much this took off since our first episode, our lightning round. People loved to hear you sweating under the gun like that. The feedback we got was phenomenal. So we are going to be doing another lightning round. Are you set for that? I'm totally set for it. And, and Mike, I'm ready if you need me to go all over again. Oh, my friend. We're network now. <laughs> we have a new intro, hyper-produced, uh, to the lightning round. So that's also coming up. We'll be unveiling our new lightning round theme, I guess mm, you'd call it. What a tease. Yeah, yeah. What a tease. So that's what comes from that uh, sweet network money. All right. Uh, in case you didn't realize, we are, of course, joking. There is no network involved. <laughs> and uh, and we're happy to pick up sponsors, um, mainly the podcast ones. So it, those fantasies, those daily fantasy sports websites that were all over the radio everywhere yes. that have now been outlawed as like gambling in many states. Guys, come here. We will still take your money. That's right. And uh, Squarespace, I know you're big on the podcast. Harry's. I, Harry's I, 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 norm- I normally don't shave, but I'd be happy to start doing it if you sent me some razors. So. Send us some of that cream that all those podcast hosts seem to really really love to oh, rub on their faces. Yeah. And male, I can say male Kemp with the best of them. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we have important things to do, as we mentioned, and uh, we want to answer one of the biggest questions. We're going to pry that out of the mind of Pastor Dave Berge. Once again, I am Mike Nelson. I don't believe we even introduced ourselves. No, we didn't. I mean, we you, you launched say, into a thing about microphones and we didn't, people don't even know you who You said who we you are. were. And I said, I mean, I said my name. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we did names. So names we, are we set. We did. So people's yeah. minds were settled. Oh yeah. They saw the pictures of us on the download page. Yes. They know who's there. Okay. Yes. Woo. Crisis averted. Yes. All right. Well, then let's uh, jump into it. Then uh, one of the big things out there, a sort of commonly held belief, you see it everywhere. People that you know on the internet, especially, it is a big thing that that science and religion are completely incompatible. One is one thing, and one is another thing, and never the twain shall meet. And for a lot of people, uh, obviously on the science side, the winner is science, and the other are these backwards losers who believe in fables and fairy tales, and they should be assigned to the dustbin of history. And and they, and on the other side, religion, skeptical of science, Uh, some are, some aren't, Uh, 
Let's launch into that. Yeah, let's what go are into your it. Thoughts? You know, I think that uh, uh, this is best captured, in, in, I think, in the popular imagination in a couple different ways. Uh, one of them, um, there was, like, this debate between Bill Nye the science guy and Ken Ham, who's, like, <laughs> yes. the creationist guy. And that's sort of, like, kind of the caliber of the discussion, I think, is, like, like Bill Nye, who I don't think is an actual scientist. He's just, a you know, a popularizer, a popular science educator, debating a guy who's not really a theologian or biblical scholar. Um, but these are seen as, like, you know, these two clashing worldviews. And sort of there's a lot of heat but no light surrounding these things or I guess intelligent adult conversation. It's kind of like a caricature of religion versus a caricature of of science. Um, yeah, it was kind of it's it's like it was like an all-star wrestling match of of these questions, right? Like yeah. there's somebody pretending to be an undertaker and another guy <laughs> pretending to be uh, you know, a chic or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Exactly. But what's so you know what's what's the real uh, the real conversation? I think it comes from uh, I'm going to say a certain hubris um, on the part of those making the assertion on behalf of science. And I think the first place where the hubris comes in is assuming that like when you use this word science and then you use this word religion, that everyone has the exact same idea or knows what you're talking about. Like, the conflict or the relationship between the two is entirely dependent upon how you define those words. And what are you talking about when you're talking about science? So, what is science? Can we define it right here? Let's, like, let's give it our best shot. Because I think if most people, the popular understanding is science is, you know, you put something under a microscope, you put it in a test tube... And you see whether it does X or Y, and then you write it down, and answer settled. We're yeah. done. That's yeah. science. And you obviously you can't put you know these religious things. You can't put Jesus under a microscope. You can't put the virgin birth under a, a microscope. So those just are not things that could happen. Even they're not even in the realm of reality. Right. right. And so I think science, properly understood, is. Um, I guess it's a way of, you know, it's a, it's a methodology really for, I think, arriving at, you know, reliable predictive results through controlled experimentation, right? Maybe that's how I would define science is science takes what's uh, repeatable, uh, you know, forms a hypothesis on it, um, comes up with an experiment whereby you can test that hypothesis and through a process of repetition, test that hypothesis and sees on balance, is this hypothesis confirmed or is it not? Uh, and do I need to go looking for, you know, some other information or some other line of explanation for this repeatable phenomena? So how does the religious person then view science? Uh, like one, uh, here's another example of how people view it is that the church uh, tossed out um, Galileo. Yeah. And, you know, so obviously that started the whole rift, completely incompatible. What, what, what should the religious person's attitude towards science be then? I think science as a methodology um, for studying the natural world, I think that religious people should be uh, incredibly bullish on it and, and supportive. 
um, because I think science really rests within um, at least, you know, a, a Christian, a Judeo-Christian understanding of the universe as a place that is a product of intelligence. And so, you know, thus will um, yield knowledge about itself to intelligent investigation. Um, you know, that seems to be presupposed within the scientific method. So those things, to me, seem broadly compatible. And so people who are religious who are, are are within the you know Christian tradition should be supportive of this methodology that's really born out of the uh, theology that stands behind this method. So they should probably go out right now, get a Neil deGrasse Tyson poster of him standing in front of a star field and put their favorite quotes on it, right? Is that what we Well, should... I mean like Neil deGrasse Tyson as a as a scientist as a uh, is was he an astronomer? Yes, or astrophysicist. astrophysicist. Sure, it sounds yeah. that sounds yeah, astrophysicist. Seems like a smart guy. He seems very smart, and so I think Neil deGrasse Tyson, as an astrophysicist, uh, yeah, you should go out there and get it. Neil deGrasse Tyson, as a commenter upon the value of philosophy or uh, or other scientific areas outside of astrophysics, uh, you should probably just take what he says with a grain of salt. Like he's a smart person talking about things that he doesn't necessarily totally understand. Like for example, when he, the whole Batman thing. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. He put out a tweet that uh, I believe that the content of it was, uh, if Batman really wanted to emulate a bat, he would be blind, like Daredevil, and that would be cool. And uh, <laughs> and, and, and bats... The, people were quick to point out, oh, Neil, 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 please stay with the astrophysics. Yeah. It's, bats aren't <laughs> blind, number one. And secondly, it's a comic book. Yeah. And let people have some fun. He did the same thing around Star Wars. He did a lot of well actualing. And being into science um, doesn't mean that you uh, run around saying well actually to uh, you know everything that everyone says. That's where I think there's a necessary humility that comes with properly understanding science. It's saying um, it's a really useful tool for investigating this particular area that I'm looking at. But man, there's a whole like lot of other dimensions of existence that my methodology can't touch upon. Well, yeah, here I, I wrote down a couple of notes about the things. Uh, I think there's an assumption that science has wiped away the justifications for religion. In other words, since we've discovered at this point, like foolish people back in the old days didn't know X, Y, or Z. And so therefore believing anything they believed is just pure foolishness. Right. We've wiped away so many of their other myths this is just this one sticky one left that we'll get rid of. Right. And uh, I just thought of the things that science can't tell us about. Like, uh, and these are the questions that obviously religious t religion touches. Uh, why, why is there something other than nothing? Why are we here? What is our purpose, if any? Why do we feel the ought that we ought to be good? We ought not to murder. We ought not to steal other people's stuff. There seems to be objective morality. And since you're telling me that science is true, there seems to be objective truth you want me to believe. And these are things that science, it's not even, this it's not in the same category. It can't answer those questions. Exactly. And so it's like science uh, does not monopolize all forms of human rational inquiry. And religion, contrary to sort of the straw man that I think gets set up, is actually a form of reasoned inquiry 
into the world that surrounds us. It's a way of seeking understanding in the universe uh, that we live in. And, and so, you know, when when science, you know, claims to say that the only things worth knowing are people who are, are so-called proponents of science say the only things worth knowing are things that are demonstrably true using our methodology and our rules. I just want to say, like, leave aside religion. There's a whole host of human activities uh, that we reflect rationally upon that are not, you know, captured under this umbrella of science, like things like ethics. You know, you mentioned uh, things like, you know, killing people and taking other people's property. Like there's reasons why we should or should not do those things that you can't like put under the rubric of science whatsoever. Right. And, and then there's a whole host of immaterial things that even religion itself can't, uh, doesn't have answers to. And that are things like uh, numbers are immaterial, yet they seem to exist. Science can't tell us why are there numbers? Why are there thoughts at all? Why are there, you know... Why is there consciousness? Why is there consciousness? Yeah, these are things that they, they're not even in the realm of science. And, and uh, you know, immaterial things do exist and immaterial things cannot be tested by the scientific method, right? So they fall completely outside of that category. Yeah, and that's and it's not to denigrate science whatsoever. To to say that is just pointing out a fact, and and uh, and so there's nothing wrong with science because it can't do that. It does its job that uh, that we use it for. It's a very useful tool. It does its job for the things that we need it to do. You know, it gets our airplanes in the air. Uh, it gives us, you know, flu vaccines that, that we can take every single year. Like these are awesome and amazing things that, that no religious person wants to do without. We're just saying it's not a, a exhaustive picture of reality. And it's not an either or. No. There's obviously lots of religious scientists um, many, I mean, in history and, and even now. I mean, yes, the great, I mean, so many of the great, you know, fathers of modern science were Christians. I mean, uh, Isaac Newton, he was, right. also, he was also a great alchemist. Louis Pasteur? Yes. Uh, uh, ba bacon? Bacon? Francis, if Francis Bacon wasn't a Christian, at least he gave us bacon. That's right. <laughs> what what about Francis Collins? What yeah, Francis Collins, the, uh, you know, mapping the human genome in charge of that. Uh, in charge of that project as so well. Then, so how does a scientist like these men that we just mentioned, how do they believe in such foolishness as a virgin birth or the death and the resurrection of Christ? What do, you know, how do they justify these things? How do they hold them at the same time? Because they're, they're very smart guys. They know science and they're able to do it. So how do they do it? I think that, uh, you know, I think the reason is that their understanding of science is, is that it's a way for investigating, you know, natural phenomena that are accessible to everyone. But uh, so, you know, natural reason can lead us to understanding these things. But there's this other thing um, called revelation, which deals with the particularities of God's relationship um, with humanity. And, uh, and so these people would say that, uh, yes, there's reason in, in this realm of the natural world, but there's also revelation that God sends. So if there is a being like God, and that God, you know, that God is a relational God, then that God would disclose himself to human beings in a particular way. And so when you look at, uh, you know, the Bible, which is a recording uh, really of God's act of self-revelation to, you know, the people of Israel and to... Uh, you know, the world in Jesus Christ and now through the, through the existence of the church, like reason and revelation um, are two ways of knowing things. And so the particularities of religious faith come to us via revelation. Um, that can be a challenging idea for those who are scientifically minded and those who think 
um, science alone provides things that are worth knowing and believing. But this other category of revelation is really the interesting one to explore when you're talking about um, religious knowledge and faith. And, and I think also you would answer it by saying there are things about this revelation that a scientist would go, well, there's no such thing as a virgin birth. There's no such thing as resurrection. And the answer from a Christian perspective, of, uh, of course not, in, only in these cases. That's exactly. Why, that's why it is stood out as a historical thing. That's why it's torn a hole in history is because people saw, lived with this man and saw him resurrected. They didn't go, oh, well, this is a normal thing. They went, wow, this is a spectacular thing that is obviously has some deeper meaning. And, and so, yeah, the answer would be, you're right. They don't happen as a regular course. They are <laughs> <That's> singularities <laughs> in history, and that's the point. That's what a that's what a miracle is, right? This is sort of like if science is really good at, at describing and predicting, you know, natural, repeatable phenomena, like these things stand out as singular events. And so, does science leave any room for the truly unique, unrepeatable event to happen in history? It can't rule it out, nor should it rule it out. And yeah, the reason that the resurrection was such an amazing miracle is because it's never happened right. before. I, I heard a, a funny uh, common description of this before where l let's say I know you and I know that you've never been to Denver and somebody says I saw Dave Berge in Denver and I went that's impossible Dave Berge never goes to Denver and, and it was the first time you went and the last time you went like it's a singularity it's it doesn't mean it's impossible it, that's the point God mm -hmm. creates these miracles that pierce through the normal natural uh, phenomenon, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, and uh, as C.S. Lewis, you know, he has this beautiful, really, you know, because there's a concern when you say, well, if a god sort of intervenes in this way, it's just going to disrupt the whole, you know, normal order of the universe that we live in. And he talks about it really as um, the universe really being able to absorb the miraculous um, within itself, that, that this doesn't sort of contravene everything, but, you know, just like if you th even throw a gigantic boulder in the ocean, um, you know, it will be able to adjust and absorb and unfold that into itself. And so God doesn't come as this intruder, um, but, but as someone sort of entering into his own creation, not as a disruptive force, but as a, but as a perfecting force. Well, that's a good summation for our first part of the discussion on this. We will take a little break, and when we return, we will unveil the new theme for our lightning round, as well as subject Pastor Dave Berge to the lightning round questions. And just to refresh your memory on this, the lightning round is, is a game we invented made completely of lightning rounds. There's no regular <laughs> rounds. It's just, it's just lightning rounds, 100% pure adrenaline. Oh. So stick around and we'll be right back. This is Like Trees Walking. Hey everyone, uh, we hope that you enjoy um, our conversation about the important questions of faith and life in our postmodern culture. And if you do, we just want to ask you to do a couple things. Um, one, if you think that there's someone you know who would uh, like this or love it or uh, hate it, want to argue with you about it, could you share it with them? And also, um, if you do like it, could you please go on iTunes and give it a rate and a review? That will help more people know. Um, that we're doing this. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for listening and go ahead and do that. Hello and welcome back to Like Trees Walking. I am Mike Nelson. And I am Dave Berge. 
We hope you had a nice break. Uh, I know that we did. We're uh, both sipping our teas here. Uh, it's a delightful kombucha. Another wonderful batch. Uh, black tea this time, not green tea. It so. was black tea. I'm told that the SCOBY may not like the switch between the green and the black. Mm. It might get used to one or the other. We'll have to ask the SCOBY about what. What's a SCOBY, by the way, Mike? A SCOBY is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. And you have joined Kombucha Talk. This is the Kombucha <laughs> Twins. Uh, sorry about that. We we like our kombucha here. And no, we will make no apologies about it. No, but this is actually like Trees Walking, where we're answering the most important questions a person can ask in their lives. Yes. And uh, I think we answered it. I think we're done. Oh, yeah. I think we uh, should just wrap this up. 100%. We, you know, we did get picked up for, uh, I don't know how we're going to stretch the season <laughs> yeah. out. but uh, I'm but, making the stretch gesture with my hands right now, the pulling the taffy thing. Like, go, tap, move, tap, come dance, on, come on. Dance, Do come something. On. No, we were talking about uh, science, religion, the intersection thereof or not thereof, and what science is. So why don't we just sum that up? Did we decide what is science, Dave? Well, we, we got at least a provisional you know, definition. And so um, you know, I think we said that science is a way of uh, a tool for investigating um, the, the world, the natural world that it deals with uh, repeatable phenomena uh, and observable phenomena. So science is a really useful tool for explaining those things, for coming up with uh, experiments that can explain those phenomena that are, are re- repeatable and accessible to everyone. And as that kind of a tool, science is incredible. It's a huge boon and blessing to human beings. It's compatible and, in fact, flows out of a, uh, a Christian worldview. And so science within its limits um, is amazing. It's awesome. We bleeping love science, That's too. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but as a substitute for a philosophy or religion, it's it's a poor choice, I would say, because there's so much outside of science's purview. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, pure materialism merely wears the science badge yes. and, and parades around as though I... I, the materialist, have the answers to everything. But in fact, materialism is a philosophy and subject to some very deep criticisms, but it, it sort of hides behind that mask. Absolutely, absolutely. So science, yeah, science and materialism or you know, philosophical naturalism don't go hand in hand. In fact, there's good reasons to think that they don't belong together, which could be another great episode of <laughs> That's this. That's right. And just to, uh, materialism is the belief that uh, material is all there is, yes. ever was, or shall be, right? There is no immaterial things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's no souls. There's no whatever. And hence, you know, no God. Right. So exactly. absolutely not. And, you know, Mike, you can't weigh a chicken with a yardstick. Oh, yes. Stealing a quote from, I believe that's the great Greg Kokel, okay. uh, the Christian apologist. Uh, yeah, he's he's good at this stuff, too. We should have him as a guest in our third or fourth season, that would, when we can afford those, that would be those big great. guests, the celebrity guests. If you know like a like the poor man's Greg Kokel, uh, we can get him maybe this season. I see a guy walking by right now. We could just ask him. I mean, you sir, know. would you like some? He'll do it for <laughs> yeah. com, he'll do it for kombucha. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, I don't think we can delay any longer. No, the people the people are like, stop, the give pe- us what we the want. The people are demanding it. So uh, here we go. It's time for the lightning round. And before that, let's unveil the new lightning round theme. Here we go. All right. Lightning round. Huh? Oh. Oh, 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 oh my god. 
Yeah. This is high budget. It is. I'm telling you, man. These You get these network suits in here, and they got all sorts of ideas. All right. All right. This uh, quiz, and, and again, just you have to answer as quickly as possible. All right. This is a lightning round and only a lightning round. <laughs> Uh, and these are science questions. Okay, so and where and could you? Is this a continue? Like, am I? Is my score still from last show, or do I get to start over? Every time? I believe you're uh, you're deep in the hole. Let's just say you're so deep in the hole that that you pretty much have to ace this. And if I win, can I get your voice on my home answering machine? Yes, you can. I don't. I don't have a home answering machine. <laughs> Science has eliminated the need for <laughs> yes, home it, answering. Yes, machines. it has. What are you, Jim Rockford from the <laughs> 70s? There's a reference for the kids. All right. Here we go. Lightning round. All right. Let's play that theme one more time. Okay. It's almost as if there's a storm happening oh, in the so room. Good. So good. Oh. So good. Yeah. All okay. right. Yeah. Lightning round. Here we go. Who invented, oh, I'm sorry, who devised the periodic table of the elements? Um, uh, okay, this was a great movie. Uh, Gary Oldman, Bruce Willis, uh, Fifth Element, Chris Tucker. Oh, yes, him. that is correct. No, it's Dmitry Mendeleev. <laughs> that name he? doesn't even, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I, when I took the quiz before I tested myself, mm-hmm. failed at that one. Because Robert Boyle is on there, Enrico Fermi. You know, mm. those are banner oh. names. Oh, yeah. This guy didn't ring a bell. All right, so you get a negative 12 for that. Okay. Who uh, developed the pasteurization process? Okay. This one I'm definitely going to get right. None other than Louis Pasteur. Right, who also had a role on Hogan's Hero. What is your that. position on unpasteurized milk, like like the raw, the raw milk? milk movement? I'm fine with that. I think it's good. Uh, the, I think the problem that uh, Pasteur was solving was all the dirty milk that was sort of being mixed together. Mm-hmm. And then those bacteria would take over an entire batch and poison an entire city. So there was a, a very <laughs> strong need for it. Now with, with uh, hygiene and everything, yeah. this is just what I understand. I am no expert. Please don't write in or storm my you house. You killed me. You're, yeah. I drank raw milk and you killed me, Nelson. I've, I've done it and I, I felt safe and fine. And I think, there's, I think there's good things in it. So I've never had like raw milk. Uh, we used to have, uh, we lived on a, a small farm, and behind us, the guy had a dairy farm, and we would buy it directly from him. And we never died. Well, I mean, we lost a few, but <laughs> who can say what that was from? <laughs> yeah. All right, you're trying to slow down this okay, lightning yeah. round. Uh, uh, this scientist discovered barium, calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium. What a great scientist. He was. Uh, was a I'll give you a hint. They uh, they did knight him, so he is a sir. Oh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, absolutely 100%. That's very close. You got kind of the right syllable, mm-hmm. Sir Humphrey Davy. Wow. So you are, have you gotten, you got one right. I got one right. Okay, this astronomer discovered Uranus. <laughs> oh, God, you giggled, you giggled <laughs> it, at that? Isn't it Uranus? The way you looked at me when you said it. And and I was I was baiting the trap to see if you it's, would it's giggle urine, it's at It's Uranus that. for the kids. Well, how does Uranus make it any better? It's, it's just, it, it, All right, who it, it's who clear. discovered it and, and many of its moons? Um, uh, who, dis- who the discoverer? Also a sir. Okay, sir. Um, oh god. Um, maybe say the same name. It's wrong, but sir, at least just uh, say something. Sir Edmund Hillary. <laughs> No, that's who Hillary Clinton was named for. This okay. is Sir William Herschel. Cow. Yeah, I know. This is a hard quiz. This is really hard. 
uh, Greek astronomer that completed a book called Almagest, which mm -hmm. provided the basis of astronomy for over a thousand years. Well, that's got to be Archimedes. Oh, so wrong. Ptolemy. You sure it wasn't Ptolemy. Archimedes? Archimedes, Ptolemy. you know, because I was thinking he had an Archimedean vantage point from which to see I am the holder the of all knowledge, and I say it is Ptolemy. All right, this scientist was the Ptolemy. first... Ptolemy. Okay. The first scientist... Uh, this scientist was the first woman to win the Nobel Prize with her husband. She discovered the elements polonium and radium. Okay. Marie Curie. That right? Madame Curie. And who also died of radiation poisoning. Yeah. Right? You are two for seven. Well, you know, um, science. Science. This German physicist is best known for his discovery of the uncertainty principle. Well, I watched Breaking Bad, so I know that it's Heisenberg. Three for eight in the and, lightning round. And, uh, well, never mind. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to stall the lightning round. This scientist <laughs> discovered hydrogen in 1766. That was a, was a good year, 10 years. He also makes a tremendous uh, uh, pipe tobacco. Oh, gosh. Uh, Dr. Grabo. <laughs> oh no, he makes pipe filters. He makes pipes. I think those are corn cob pipes that he well, makes. Well, no, he also makes other pipes. Oh, okay. He's not limited. Doctor Sir Dr. Grabo. He is a scientist after all. Yes. Uh it is Henry Cavendish. Cavendish. Oh, uh and the final one I think is a gimme. A telescope is named after this man who made great advances in the study of galaxies. He discovered many objects beyond the Milky Way. L. Ron Hubble, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Is correct. Wow. Well. Science! Science, ladies and gentlemen. Can we just, uh, to end the show, I, I would like Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me with Science. Oh, of course. Could, who, you, could, could you give me a little bit of the scientist? She blinded me with science. I want the scientist. Oh, science! She blinded me oh, with science. science. Oh, good heavens. It's like, good heavens, Miss Yamamoto or something. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome song. It is. It uh, sticks with you once it you It does, hear. and Thomas Dolby, a, a scientist of sound. I mean, he really did some good stuff, so. He actually is one of the Dolbys. Yeah, like one of, like, from yes, the Dolby family? I believe he had uh, some cash from the from the Dolby empire, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he, I mean, he did pursued music, and he did a good job with it. So, we, Thomas Dolby, on behalf of science, we salute you. Yes, uh, we dedicate this episode to you. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we have taught you everything there is to know about science, what it is, what it has to do with religion, because we are like trees walking. Uh, Dave, any parting words? Well, yeah, as you can see, I'm clearly like a tree walking because I think I got about half of them right. So, um, <laughs> so I'm partially, uh, partially understanding. Uh, and uh, and it's the that's great an thing okay about the lightning make. round: there's always a new one, and you can always improve. Exactly. So come back for the next I'm gonna, episode. I'm going to do it next time. And watch Dave really, really kill it in the lightning round. And we'll be back answering all the questions of the universe, the only ones that matter. On like trees walking. So long. Thanks for listening. Science.